Hello and welcome to Ball Lab. As usual, I'm here with Jason and yeah. I'm Nate, but we're also here with Jack Procopus. Yeah, so three men episode today. We're gonna, you know, run down, talk about uh, the shortstop who shall not be named. Uh, yeah, well, what we're gonna talk about this episode is do a quick overview of you know, the moves the Red Sox have made in the offseason, but also, of course, touch on Xander Bogarts and you know. The rather eventful last couple of days it's been with him. Yeah, I mean, it's been very rough for Red Sox fans, especially on social media. They're letting Red Sox front office hear it, and it really has not been a good situation. Jack, your thoughts on, you know, the media reaction? Yeah, um, I think it's probably what um, we expected. Obviously, people aren't going to be happy when the face of your franchise for a decade leaves. Obviously, Jason, on the previous podcast we did i emphasize how important it would be to try and bring him back um but i think it's understandable and also i think it's understandable that you know the fenway sports group and bloom didn't want to go as high as san diego did no i think i i think it was logical not to go 11 years with him just in general i think that was just overpay and like panic by san diego nate yeah i mean yeah it's just like with how crazy the market's been like Again, like it kind of really, it, it makes it sadly just makes too much sense. Just like, I mean, especially considering like you know, paying if we were to pay him, if we were to make an eleven-year contract for him, he'd be forty years old and making I don't know what like twenty-five million dollars a year. And I just think that you know, considering that his best years are behind him, and that like you know he's a I think he's a good shortstop, but, like, you know, I think he's a stick-first player, and I think at this point, you know, he's really a guy who can hit for a really good average and, you know, have a solid OPS. So I just, I don't think it's worth, you know, throwing Mm -hmm. this insane contract at him, like, especially since his best years are behind him. And it seems like they at least made some attempt. They tried a six-years, $160 million deal, which obviously, considering the market and the fact that he's a Scott Boris client you know was one that they declined but even though I think that it's actually perfectly logical considering you know who he is as a player and the amount of years but I think like it's just yet another case of them procrastinating and putting off this you know contract situation and you know letting it bite them and I don't know why this keeps happening I mean do you guys have any, have any idea why this keeps happening well you talk first um yeah I agree with what Nate said, a big average hitter, but his best years are probably behind him, especially as we saw the power decline over this past season. Um, and like you said, you know, being a, a client of Boris, they they want the absolute most. I think what really confused me was the news broke a little after midnight, and earlier that day, it sounded, um, it sounded like the Red Sox were minutes away from securing him and locking him in long term, um, and that's what kind of confused me. And like I said, I understand not going that high. Um, And I think it comes back to them not giving him a good enough offer in spring training when they could have extended him. And that's kind of, I think where they're going to, where they're, they end up having to, to get punished the most. And it is because they didn't extend him when they probably should have. Yeah. And I guess that's just been a theme lately. I mean, just been a theme. That's not a good one. Yeah, we'll pivot. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about this more <laughs> later, but I kind of want to talk about the Red Sox other free agent signings. First off, Chris Martin. 
you know, ink him to a two-year, $17.5 million deal. You know, for a bullpen that's in need, I think that's a solid pickup. I mean, Chris Martin had a good season last season with the Dodgers. He was with the Dodgers. And, you know, again, former Dodger, I feel like if you're going to sign a pitcher that was on the Dodgers, that's probably going to be a good pitcher. So, yeah, I like that. You know, we are in desperate help with the bullpen. So, yeah, a solid move. Jack? Yeah, Um. so I believe the Dodgers acquired him right around the trade deadline. And from there on out, he was one of the best relievers in baseball. He posted like a, a one four something ERA and he was really insane. Um, and I like how he was happy to be a Red Sox. Obviously it sounds like they've kind of been outbid with a lot of guys. So it's good to see somebody wanted to come here. I think he'll be a good seventh inning guy. And, um, I mean, I'm, I like the move a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you said, you, you mentioned the word outbidding. I think that's the one of the common themes we've seen here in free agency Absolutely. being out. I wouldn't say outbid by mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. You know, we offered the same contract to Eflin didn't get him. We offered yeah. a bigger contract than uh, the Rangers did for yeah. Andrew Heaney. You know, yeah. I, f- I feel like, I feel like uh, it was overpay for Heaney, but you know, any arm is pretty good or any arm. We can use any arm we can get. Cause you know, you can never have too much pitching, especially if you're the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. And, uh, Going back, circling back to the bullpen theme, uh, we just uh, did we sign Kenley Jansen? Yeah, we signed Kenley Jansen to what? What's his contract? Two years, um, thirty-two million. So sixteen. I like that. I, I like that. That's a move I like. I think he's worth that. I mean, he posted pretty pretty solid numbers with the Braves last year. I mean, like he's been yeah. a really good closer for the Dodgers. He led the. I think he led all of baseball or at least the National League in saves. I mean. This is something that we've been desperately needed. We've desperately needed, and have been missing for far too long. So I'm really glad that we finally have gotten a closer, a legitimate closer. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, super happy. Sorry, Jason. Um, super happy about Kenley. I think he had 41 saves last year and led the NL, like you said, Nate. Um, one thing I will add about Kenley. Uh, obviously, he's been incredibly consistent throughout his career, um, and he takes on average i believe it's like 31 seconds in between a pitch which is by far maybe not by far but it is the most time for a pitcher and with the with the pitch clock coming into play this this year that could be something to watch because he could have to speed up his delivery by he, he, he his time's going to get cut in half so that's something to watch but i like the ambition at closer obviously we really haven't had one since kimbrell I mean, we had Barnes for a few months, and then he fell off. So, yeah, I like the move. Closers, closers don't – or true closers don't go from absolutely insane from to absolutely crap. I Correct. Yeah. And then let's talk about this – Jason, tell me about this Japanese guy. What's his name and, what, and, you know, like what's his deal? Like I think you told me he was pretty good, supposed yeah, to be pretty good. Uh, Jack, you know how to pronounce his name, right? Uh, it's Masataka Yoshida, I believe. Yeah, so I think it was five years, ninety million, eighty-five. I don't know. Still, people say it's overpay, but when you look at this guy, yeah. he's one of the best on-base machines in Japan. Oh, really? Obviously, the, uh, the does he play? Outfield. Okay. He'll probably his arm isn't as good as Jack actually told me, so yeah. he'll probably play left field, and Verdugo will go to right. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. Um. Uh. So what else does he provide? Does he like? I mean, is he a guy who like really only gets on base? Does he have any power? Does he have any speed? Like what? Like, like what else is there to this player? Do you guys know? Um, 
Yeah. So from what I've heard, like Jason said about the arm strength, that's been a concern. Um, apparently he's not the best fielder, which is kind of sad to hear considering the fielding we had in outfield last year. But this guy's going to come in and lead off. His, he, he walks. He had, he, I think he had 82 walks in Japan and only 40 or 41 strikeouts. Really impressive on getting on base. Um, from what I've read, people think the bat-to-ball skills will translate to the MLB, but they're not sure if the power will. I think he had 20 or 21 home runs in Japan. So this is probably going to be a guy who's just going to be a really, really good leadoff hitter and get on base. I've seen some people consider uh, DHing him if they end up getting another outfielder, you know. Um, so that's an option. But I think he's the highest paid um, position player ever out of Japan now after topping Suzuki's contract. So it, it was a risky move by Bloom, in my opinion, um, but it could definitely pay off if this guy's hitting 300, getting on base close to 400. So, yeah, we'll yeah, see how that I mean, plays like, out. I'll, I'll take that. I mean, a, a solid leadoff hitter who walks a lot. I mean, I think plate discipline's also been a bit of... Whoops. <laughs> I think plate discipline's also been a bit of an issue with this Red Sox team, especially last year. Totally they, I don't think they were taking enough walks and, like, I mean, I think you meant. I think did you? I think you basically mentioned that in Japan he had twice as many walks as strikeouts. Think about yeah. that. That's nuts. So I think to have that guy in the leadoff position, you know, and do a good job of what he's supposed to do as a hitter, I think I'll take that if his defense isn't the best. Because at this point, if we can get a guy who can either hit or field, I'll be okay. Because I think last year we had too many guys who could do neither, who were just bad at both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely, because I think the outfield was a neat, uh, concern coming into this offseason. Sure, I think ideally we get another center fielder because you know you saw what happened to Kike, and we played the who's next game for like the majority of the second half, maybe yeah. a little bit in the first half. But I like how we solidified that other corner outfield spot. I would I would have liked Mitch Haniger, but me, uh, who knows? Maybe this guy's like you said. I think he topped. Uh, Seiya Suzuki's contract, but they say he's much better, or not much better. They say he's better than Seiya Suzuki. Thoughts? Okay, I mean, if he plays as advertised, I will be very happy with this move. I think that's what I have to say about it at this point. Yeah, I think that's enough with him. And let's go back to uh, some dude who rhymes with uh, Bander Zogarts. <laughs> Bander Zogarts. Eight, uh, sorry, two hundred eighty million over eleven years. Yeah, Padres are trapped. That's not a good move by them. Um, I think I, that's that's crazy. That is a crazy move by um the Padres. He's gonna be forty one years old. He won't be worth the money. And you know, I feel like if that's what we need to to need to do to keep Bogarts, I think that then that I have no problem with us um not signing him. And also. I think us Boston sports fans are kind of riding the sentimentalism train a little bit. I've been hearing a lot of, like, you know, they can't lose him. He's a legend. He's a legend. He's a legend. But, like, that's kind of all I've been hearing. And I just think it's a business, and I think you got to think in terms of objective terms and use your brain instead of your heart. So I guess, like, you know, I think they def this. It's no excuse for them to, you know, not attempt to sign him. Um, in spring training but like you know that's like you know it's kind of over at this point so yeah i mean i mean i'm a little disappointed but i'm not surprised and i think they 
made the right call here. So you made the right call. Well, Jack. Yeah. Um. So I think we're gonna know. We're gonna have more opinions on letting him go after we see how they approach the position moving forward. Are they gonna move? You know. Kike there and go after an outfielder like Ryan Reynolds, or are they going to play Arroyo there full time? Or like we saw Boston Strong report earlier, could Emmanuel Valdez uh, contribute there or another prospect that they have? So that's the question for me. Or are they going to – I don't think Correa is really uh, a realistic option. I think there's next to no chance that would happen, um, especially because if you don't pay Xander but you do pay Correa, um, kind of makes zero sense. Well, hold yeah. on, hold on. I will say, you know, giving Bogarts a long-term deal opposed to Correa. Correa's younger by yes. two years. I mean, yep. whatever. Also, Correa's much more of a power hitter. He's not on decline. He w- He's more of a power hitter than Xander Bogarts ever was at 28, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. you raised a good at, point, Jason. Yeah, when, when you look at Correa, him at Houston, he'll hit home runs a lot. Bogarts was never the oh i'll hit 30 plus home runs every season no i mean you'd get lucky 2019 how many home runs did he hit 33 that was his career high that was his career high and also you know that was his best season of his career and he was 26 that's like supposedly your peak yeah and you know if you if you can get a carlos correa for you know 10 11 years i'm not saying the red sox well the red sox have less than one percent chance probably to get him i would say you know that opens the up the opportunity if he declines as a fielder to put him in a DH role. Um, I think, guys, I think we're leaving out one big name, uh, Trevor Story. Like, I th- I would mm. be – why why are you mm? – uh, I don't know if shortstop's the right answer for him. I feel like his, yeah. arm, his arm is not – What's wrong good. with his arm? I don't get it. I mean, he's played shortstop his whole career before coming to Boston. Well, I'm, I, I think he had um, – I think he's had elbow injuries and – I mean, all I know about his arm is looking at the the percentile. He's in like the eighth percentile. Plus, I mean, he did really, really, really well at second base. So I would probably keep story there, especially with the shift. Just try and stay strong where you can. So if he's good at the on the at second base, great. And if you can get a strong defensive shortstop, maybe Dansby Swanson. Um, that's a name everybody's talking about. Strikes out a lot, have, coming off of by far the best year of his career. Has a lot of power and the best defensive shortstop in the league. So that's a name to watch out for. Um, I'd be careful considering it's his best. he's coming off his best career year. But I think actually I'm glad you mentioned Story because Story's contract could actually be a comp for Swanson. So something to watch out for. But yeah, I, I would definitely keep Story at at second base with the arm and just for comfort. Yeah, I I actually agree with Jack. I know you disagree with him, but who knows? I I liked what I saw out of Story at second base, considering he's never played the position. Yeah, although totally he agree. made one pretty big mistake in Tampa Bay, which I won't really shame him that much on. He was pretty good at second base. And I like, you know, Kike, it all depends on who we want to get. If we're getting another outfielder, uh, center fielder, we'll probably put Kike at short. And and Rob Refsnander's not going to be the opening day center fielder. No, that's just not how this team's going to, you know, there's no way. No, I don't want that. And if if we go for another infielder, they'll solidify Kike in the outfield. So I will say, though, we talked about, 
you know, the struggles the defense had last year, especially in outfield, you know, with Duran and all the, the missed balls. But Kike is an exceptional outfielder uh, defensively with his jump, strong arm. So ideally, I would keep him in center um, and address the position elsewhere. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Jack. I mean, it's just like when he was out, I missed him so much. I just missed him so much. And when he finally came back in mid-August, I was like, wow, some high-quality center field defense. But I don't know. I mean, like, what you have told me about Story's armor is a bit eye-opening. But, like, I don't know. I guess, but I feel like I just feel more willing to move him back to shortstop since he's played that before. But, like, you know, I mean, we'll see with shortstop. I won't be pissed if we don't get another one because, like, I think he moved back and we can maybe, say, have Christian Arroyo play second. And I think that rounds, up, rounds out a good middle infield. But... We'll see what happens. Yeah, and the other the other concern is, you know, can Christian Arroyo stay healthy for 140, 150 games? Nah, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Jack? Yeah, Jason, it's something you and I have talked about off camera, but you and I were kind of wanting to veer away from Arroyo or Ref Snyder being in your opening day roster, or lineup rather, um, because you just don't want to have to settle after – being so disappointing last year we kind of want to strive for more um and and that's kind of what we've talked about i don't see arroyo stepping into an everyday job nor do i see ref snyder i could see more of arroyo than Uh, ref snyder for here's the thing though i actually think they're legitimately good players though i i think i think when he's i think when arroyo's on the field he plays good defense and provides some good hitting i feel like he was hitting 400 for like a month or two after the All-Star break. So I, I, I have more confidence in him, and I'm willing to give him another chance because I think they're good players. I don't think they're yeah. no-names who are, who are just not very good, like, you know, many of the other guys. So, like, you know, just because they we might not know them that well, I won't be, like, insulted that they're on the opening day roster. But that's just me. Oh, no, I agree. Um I'd be really happy. I, they're both really, really strong bench players. Ref Snyder versus lefties, and Arroyo just has an all-around solid bat. I will say I don't know if he's the best fielder. I believe his outs above average were was in the negative. Um, I could be wrong about that, but maybe that's I just don't year think. I remember that, year before he played some good defense, but yeah, yeah, I just don't think you can replace Xander Bogarts and Trevor. I, I don't think you can go from Bogarts and Story as your middle infield to story in a Royal unless you get drastically better elsewhere. That's a good point you make. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I feel like something that we should touch upon. So Bogarts had like Bogarts is obviously one of two, you know, cornerstone Red Sox players that we would really like, you know, to stay with the team, but you know, for a long time, but aren't quite sure. And obviously I think since Bogarts is gone, like, you know, I think we really got to push. I feel like we really got to try and sign Devers. I feel like at this point there is zero excuse. I mean, like, all this stuff I've been saying about Bogarts, I will stand by if we are able to sign Devers to an extension and lock him up. Especially since, you know, without signing Bogarts, I mean, we have more money on us. I mean, like, so, I mean, that's something we got to do. I mean, I don't really care how much we have to pay him with, how um crazy this market is if we have to pay 400 million dollars 
for for Raphael what Devers. What the heck? Why in the hell I, not at this point? I, I, we have to. Because, like, he's way younger. He's 26 years old. If we need to pay, I'll take a 10-year, $40 million, $400 million deal, you know, $40 million per year deal at this point with Devers because I think he's that good and that young and a guy that we cannot lose. Yeah. No, I, I think... You know, they, they, they said in 2019, we traded, or sorry, 2020, they traded Mookie Betts because they needed financial flexibility in the future. Uh-huh. So it, they said, we're going to get rid of him so this doesn't happen again. Yeah. It happened again. And it better not happen again to Devers. They learned twice. Will they learn? Will, will they, they learn their learn lesson? three times? Will they learn their lesson? Hopefully uh. they do. I will admit Bogarts' situation is a little bit different because con- inter- contractually pretty similar, but in terms of the quality, I think, you know, it's different. I mean, Mookie Betts, especially coming off that year, is a generational talent, one of the best players in all of baseball, probably top 10, maybe even top 5. I mean, he has it all. He can do it all. Well, I think, you know, Bogarts is a bit different, maybe like a top 20, top 25 player in all of baseball and is kind of a stick-first guy. But yeah, you you do bring up a good point, Jason. They are similar. Mm-hmm. And I think if they, if they're gonna gain the fan base that they lost from Bogarts, Devers has got to get extended. And I think Jack, me and you were talking. You know, I think we're gonna look if we're gonna get a Devers extension this off season. It's gonna be in February. You know. Why do you think so late? Because. You're not gonna give out the money. You're, the the Red Sox don't want to give out the money. They're gonna see how much you know leverage the Devers the Devers campaign is gonna give the Red Sox. And if they, especially with this market, you can any leverage you can get is good. And okay. Because but, because think of it, you know, if Devers doesn't reach an agreement, he's gone. Why wouldn't he? Unless they trade him, obviously. But why why wouldn't someone like Raphael Devers want to test the market if he's not gonna get a big deal here? With the market we've had. There, the price you're gonna get, the, your, sorry, your true price, is not enough. You gotta go overpay. And if Devers doesn't get what he wants, he's gonna go test the market and get. Uh, uh, he's also what 25, 20, or sorry, 26, 26, I believe. He's 26. I know it doesn't really sound like any any type of money's overpay at this point, but him and Otani, it's gonna if he if he if he ends up being a free agent. The, the top three free agents coming into 2023, 2024 are Shoei Otani, Rafael Devers, and Juan Soto. It's going to be overpay. If this is overpay, I can only imagine what next year is going to look like. I don't know. So, But that just makes me think that they should really try. I don't know, but I just think that the the main I think the main problem has been waiting too long with the Red Sox. I mean that's just what happened with Bogarts. So I just think mm-hmm. that I really think they should maybe try and get a running start, get a head start with this, and just like you know lock him up and just be comfortable. So we can just be comfortable with having him because I just I don't like I just it scares me a little waiting too long and just like you know because I think not only is the market crazy right now, it's also unpredictable. You kind of don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know. And I don't think we can just assume that things will get better in time. So you, can, I th- you can never assume that. So, so I think the earlier, the better with him. That's what I think. The earlier, the better. Jack? Yeah, I agree. I think next year he'll only be worth more than he is today. And I think it's frightening that right after the Bogarts news hit, 
Buster only sends out a tweet that says talks between Devers and the Red Sox have stalled. If the Red Sox somehow lose Rafael Devers, they are committing to losing, like Jason said, the fan base, losing sales, tickets. This cannot happen. This this would be the this would be a, the the downfall really of the organization. Um, and we'll have to all take, have to come Pittsburgh Penguins fans. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, the, after Devers, if somehow they let him go, you're banking on Marcelo Meyer being whatever we hope he is. I don't think you can let him go. I agree, uh, Nate. I think you want to get on this before the season. Obviously, you know, February, like Jason said, is. I will say um, locking him in for $40 million a year, I'd be cautious of that. That's almost double Jose Ramirez and Austin Riley's averages. I know Jose Ramirez took a, a hometown discount to stay in Cleveland. But Austin Riley – he might even – he and Devers are very similar players. That is true. Sim, similar in power, similar mm-hmm. in uh, batting average. Over the last two years, if you com- compare their stats from – They're almost – I mean, Jack, yes. I, I, I agree with a lot you're saying. They're, they're very nearly identical. It's just like, Correct. They are. They're almost identical. So I don't I, – I, I'd like to see the question for um, – I'd like to see, sorry, how much, you know, they'd be thinking right now. I would think it's probably something around 10 for 300. Um, but for Devers, I think it's he also has a higher ceiling than these other guys. You know, we saw, what, what year was it? Maybe 20, what was his best career year? He had over 100, like, he had over like, 30 home runs. I think that was 2019. Yeah, it might have been. I mean, he was he was a beast. And I, I don't know if it was. Year. Oh, yeah, we were at that game. At that game. We saw yeah, 200. Whatever year it was, I mean. That was probably his best career year. And, I mean, he's been awesome since then. So, I think 10 for 300 should get it done. I think that's a fair value. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just – But at the end of the day – sorry to interrupt, but at the end of the day, similar to Bogarts, uh, uh, a team that doesn't care about the money will give him more. So, although it might not seem like this is his value, you have to give him – probably more than you think because somebody else will yeah that, that that's what i'm thinking i mean like it's not like i i want them to pay him that much money but i just feel like if it comes to that do it sadly because i just don't think this is a guy they can afford yeah. to lose yeah yeah good point i agree yeah i mean the other thing catillo just came out with an article about devers and there, there's some positivity actually, you know. Now there's, although, although, what do you mean positively? Uh, l- l- like, let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Although Bogarts lost, and he and he lost a good friend, as in he lost another friend, a team, another team, you know, th- it doesn't, it doesn't affect his chances of resigning. And I think the only thing is a little BS because how the heck could they have been on talking with Bogart, or, nah, talking with Devers? I know, I know, I know. They were all tired with winter meetings, you know. They all got home on a flight. How could that have happened? I I just don't find that only thing that credible. But I don't know. Interesting to see your thoughts. But yeah, um, one last thing I want to say. I know another thing we've talked a bit about is is like you know the leader of the team. Like Bogarts was the leader of the team. Again, I think it's something that can be replaceable, and I feel like, I don't know, you can you can disagree with me, but I feel like a guy that I think could be, that could step up as a leader 
is Alex Verdugo. I think he's a passionate player, a good player. Like, you know, in the prime of his career, I could see him being, you know, sort of the guy in the clubhouse that everyone sort of goes to. But, yeah, I like yeah. him. I, I, I feel For like... Sale. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, that because is that, because Jason, that's something you have mentioned before with Bogos. Yeah, I mean, yeah, leadership is definitely something of concern with this team. It's It's very... Lacks veteranosity a little bit, but I mean now you have you know Verdugo and you have even Chris Sale. I thought, like you said, you know leadership can be replaceable, and I thought Bogarts was just a good example of leadership in the clubhouse. I know you have Cora, but well, whatever. But I, I, I another thing, I know we only have a few more minutes left, but the starting rotation. You know we haven't really gotten anyone in free agency yet. I'd like to see us get. You know, a Bassett, maybe even a Rodon, but Rodon's going to be, he wants seven years, eight years. I don't know with him, his history, but if we get, you know, one decent arm, Nathan Avaldi, Waka, maybe a Matt Moore or someone like Chafin and a DH, I think we're set. I think we have a good team for 2023. You know, obviously we lose Bogarts, but I think right now, aside from a few. Uh, starting pitchers, we have a better team than last year, even with the departure of Bogarts. Thoughts, Nate? Yeah, I mean, obviously keep Devers. I mean, I mean, I feel like the, the bullpen were actually doing a decent job of addressing the outfield, too, also. Um, I think, you know, this um, Japanese guy seems good. But just, like, I think maybe get one or two more outfielders just to have depth. Um, get it. We, we need, like, we need another starting pitcher. And... If we keep Devers, I think, you know, we have a good team on paper. I, I definitely agree. Couldn't agree more. Jack? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, they got to figure out shortstop. Um, if they decide to move Kike there, then they got to make a splash on an outfielder like Brian Reynolds. Or, you know, they end up committing money to a shortstop like Swanson or Correa. Um, obviously, DH um, is a position of concern. I, I think Eric Hosmer isn't the worst option, but I'd like Trey Mancini wouldn't be bad. JD, I, I, I'd be open to a reunion with JD, even Michael Brantley, I wouldn't mind. Um, and that pretty much uh, sums up the lineup. I, I, I would love to see something done with Devers. I don't think they really need to address catcher right now. I just don't think, unless they're really committed to going over the tax and spending, I don't think that that's where their money is best spent. But if they do want to go over the tax, address catcher a little. Um, and then starter, definitely, I think Senga or Avaldi um, are your most likely and most likely for the price options. And then maybe maybe one more reliever, but the bullpen to me is probably um, probably just about done. I want one more arm. I want one more arm. Never too much depth, I'm especially with, for I'm the Red with, Sox. Yeah. I mean, like, you saw how bad the injury bug got. I feel like... Yeah. You just, I feel like be prepared for anything. Not even injury bug, you know? When you have Darwin's and Hernandez pitching yeah, meaningful I mean, innings. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't. Yeah, can't get to that level for sure. Um, I think, especially having, assuming, just say they bring back Avaldi between Sale, assuming the rotation would be Sale, Avaldi, Whitlock, Bayo, and call it Pavetta, you know, Sale injury prone. You have two guys you don't have experience as relievers. Yeah. Or, I saw a uh, sorry, report they're starters. asking Hauk to prepare as a starter. I don't I don't see that happening because for me, obviously, I think we can all agree they're going to sign another starter. So that would put Sale, Bayo, the free agent, 
Pavetta and Whitlock and Paxton over him. So right now I would have them, him as probably their seventh starter. I would keep him in the pen uh, as a really good setup man for Jensen. Jansen, sorry. Yeah, I agree with you, especially since Hauk definitely showed some flashes um, as a reliever before he got hurt. And I just think I, I don't like this back and forth between switching a guy between, you know, the bullpen and the and the rotation. I feel like the less switching and the more consistency, the better. But, I agree. But, yeah, like, I think I think just oh, – so, yeah, overall thoughts on Bogarts. I'm not mad. I get it. You know, I'll miss him. And as long as we sign Devers, I'll accept it. Yeah. And about Hauk, I don't think he is the starting pitcher uh, get trade, potential trade. that Whitlock has, mainly being a two-pitch guy. Yeah, yeah his splitter, his splitter it's, it, it, with the right development, it's, it could be really good. But it's not there. It's not there, truly. Yeah. But I, think, I think that about does it. I think it. that's a wrap. I know we are time short, but I think that's a wrap. Jack, anything else to say? Thanks for joining us today. Um, thank you guys really so much for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Um, and hopefully we'll get on another soon. Maybe within another ten days, we'll see. You know, some of us will be on vacation. We'll see. Um, I a couple more me. moves. And we'll see. I, yeah, I really hopefully a couple more moves to come. We need some news, Jack. Yeah. We need news. Well, hopefully, in our next next time we talk. Raphael Devers will have signed an extension. But anyway, that about does it. Go Go Sox. Go Sox. Sports betting is a tough nut to crack. Breakthrough with SportsbookCheatSheet.com. Sportsbook Cheat Sheet's statisticians give you the edge in football, baseball, golf, and basketball betting. They don't tell you what to do with your money. They do the research, crunch the numbers, and make predictions so you can make the best picks all for less than 20 bucks a month. Register online now or sign up for a free trial at sportsbookcheatsheet.com. That's sportsbookcheatsheet.com. Sportsbook Cheat Sheet. Analytics for an edge.